Hey everyone, Austin here from Frameskip. Now, before we start the show this week, I just wanted to let you guys know that I did have some technical problems with my microphone setup this week. Turns out Adobe Audition was recording my webcam audio the entire show, and so unfortunately, my audio is quite awful throughout the、uh, show this week. But just bear with us; it's going to sound kind of rough, but the show's pretty good. Um, we'll be back next week with proper audio, I would hope, and also next week we'll talk about Final Fantasy VII, the、uh, remake. So look forward to that. But until then, enjoy the show. Frame skip. It's going to be a very, very intense journey. Begin. Hey everyone, welcome to episode six of Frame Skip, the weekly video game podcast run by four. Dudes, I suppose that's what we're going with now. I'm your host for the night, Austin Eller. I'm joined by my three buddies, my three partners in crime. Starting off with the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. What's up, man? Oh, nothing too much. How about yourself? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Just kind of、uh, sitting in this chair for the 18th hour today.、Um, I respect that. Now work from、that、home.、Props. Yeah, so it's a nice feeling when you've been sitting in the same position all day long. I'm sure you're not getting like aches in your bones at all. No, nothing. No blood flow either. Yeah,、so. enough lumbar support there, pal. <laughs> oh yeah, I got one of those those gaming racing chairs, so I'm I'm all filled up on lumbar support. Oh, hey. Yeah, you heard him though. It's、uh, what did we end up going with the keeper of the role, Seth Slakehouse. Is that what it was? Yeah, I、uh, yeah. I am the keeper of the role. That's what the toilet paper king over here.、Um, I'm doing pretty well, pal. I, I so I, I got to start this podcast out by saying something really,、um, really rough. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay. And this is this is this is hard. This is hard for me to say. Yeah. But I'm just gonna spit it out. I'm gonna spit it out, and I'm gonna say it、uh, in three. I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. Three, two. All right, here we go. I'm gonna say it. Uh, I was wrong about Doom. Yeah, baby, you were. <laughs> uh, I, I I kept seeing people talking about Doom Eternal, and I was like, you know, maybe I'll give the uh the the the, the other Doom like the first one a shot, and I started playing it, and I, I was having a blast. Now I will say, I think it overstayed its welcome a little bit towards the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, I'm I I've been playing through it, and I've been having a complete blast. Here's what I'll say, because I know before you said maybe it was a little too much, like too fast for you. Was that? Yeah, that's correct, right? I think、yeah. for me, because you're you're playing on PS4, and I, I know not everyone has this preference, but I feel like for me at least, I could not play that game on a controller. Like, there's something about playing that game on PC that makes it so much more enjoyable、mm. to me, which、yeah. might be why I love it so much. But that's just me, at least. Yeah,、uh, I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with it this time. What I realized was, I think before when I was playing it, I was trying to be more tactical about、yeah. my,、oh, no, my approach、can't. with it. No, and you, you, it's it's really just a run and gun, like you got to keep moving type of thing. Now, I will say though, I think that comes that becomes a problem when there's like platforming elements involved with it as well. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that because then you end up like trying to do the same thing where you're running and gunning, and you end up just falling off the platform. So there's there's a, there's a couple issues I have with it, but I I do think that I was wrong. I, I jumped the gun on my initial impressions with it. Um, and that it, I am having a lot of fun now. I do think that the game should have ended with you fighting the cyber demon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that was an appropriate place to end the game. I, I think that after that, it just becomes kind of I'm like, well, how, when is this actually gonna when is this actually gonna end? Because 
I, I really don't even understand what I'm doing now. I already yeah. blew up the portal and killed a cyber demon, and now I'm just like running through hell. I, I don't know. That's where I'm at now, but I think I'm like pretty pretty close to the end of the game. So I don't know. I'm curious to see because sorry, I don't want to get off topic because we haven't introduced our our fourth member yet. But I'm curious to see what I think of Eternal when I play that eventually. Um, Apparently, it's really hard. Yeah, I've heard that, but what I what I've also heard is it has way more of the platforming, which I kind of yes. agree. I wasn't a yes. huge fan of in 2016. Yeah. Um, and supposedly they've also kind of increased the amount of story, which I also am not sure how to feel about that because I feel like the the key takeaway I got from 2016 was it's John Wick the game, and like I yeah. was okay with that. So but see, I feel is, I feel is... like it it needs more story. I feel like it like. Sometimes I'm running through and I just don't have a purpose of what I'm doing. And yeah. if you're gonna have John, I think if, I think if you're gonna have John like the game, make it shorter. But if you're gonna have it long like this, give me give me a reason to keep going. You know, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. So last up, we got the coach Kyle Newman. What's going on? Hey, hey. how are you? <laughs> Tired. <laughs> what you been doing so you this week, ba- coach? You remember back in the day when we used to be on Google Hangouts or Skype calls. Yeah. And I would sometimes fall asleep and start snoring. Yeah, that was a <laughs> pretty common occurrence. So if that, that happens during the podcast, just uh, mute my mic from your end. Oh, yeah. no, it's staying in. I'll, I'll amplify that volume to make sure that everyone knows what's happening. <laughs> Wasn't that wild we would just sit and Skype? Oh, yeah. Hours? So back for, for listeners, back in the day when we first <laughs> met all of us, we would literally sit there like multiple days a week and just like talk on Skype for like hours and hours until like three or four a.m. Could you imagine doing that now? No, I don't I even know, know how right? we did it. <laughs> I, 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 we were all very young, and those yes. are the glory days, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, they I were. mean, those were the days where we would sit there and talk and all play games simultaneously and just sit there and and do stuff together all day yeah, long. Yeah, just shoot the sh- yeah or yeah. shoot the you know what sorry. Um, but yeah, even Google Hangouts, which they don't have anymore. Um, really? They got rid of Google Hangouts? Long time ago. I didn't know that. Well, technically, yeah. it is still around. Cause I, I have say used Hangouts is still around. You did? Yeah, I have used it recently. They got rid of, but they, they got rid of Google Plus. Yeah, they did get rid of Google Plus, but Google Hangouts is changed. It's it's now like yeah. very hidden. Um, oh, and you have that. to have like a specific link to get to it. And if you search like Google Hangouts, like you can't get to it. Um, it's really interesting, but huh. I use it probably about two months ago for the first time in like years, but, um, and, and sometimes we'd be out? like seven, eight, nine deep in the call. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I said, and there was, too, there was like always three, four AM. There was always a call going too. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the thing. There was like, if you log on to Skype, there was always a call going from, from the group. It was pretty cool. Or, or keep would call every night. It seemed like, <laughs> I'll never forget, like when I installed often. Skype on my phone, I would I would just be out and I would just get calls from Keeb like every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't you know, know, it was fun. YouTube and I mean, remember that was when um, PS3 360 was mm-hmm. at its height, right? Like yeah. so many amazing games were coming out then. Like, yeah, um, it was exciting. YouTube was exciting because everybody was going from recording their or capturing their footage in standard to you know 720 yeah like that was huge if you if your video was in 720 you know and then uh so it was fun man that was like a good freaking time back then 
Yeah, that was that was fun. That was uh, that was a new era too. I think that's why it was so fun. Yeah, for those uninitiated, I don't think we've ever actually mentioned it on the show, but all of us, I guess, except for Seth and Elijah, met because we did YouTube uh, back in the day. Yep. So that's how we all met. In case you didn't know. Um, yeah, because my my thread to you guys was Scott replied to one of my videos, mm-hmm. and then I followed him. And then I saw how, he, you know, then I saw what he was watching, you know, how you could just, the web of stuff, right? And then uh, um, that's how I found out about Keeb, I think. And then you were, I was on a call with Keeb and then you were on there and, and yeah. it was just, then the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. So, so Seth was like a cocky SOB the first time I met him. He's like, all right, dude, I gotta go. Really? That that was your initial impression of me? That I'm cocky? At first, because like, you didn't even like talk to me or anything like that. You're like, all right, Austin, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm like, who's that. this D-bag? <laughs> so no, I love of, you like a brother. Enough of the past, though, moving on to the present. <laughs> um, but specifically the present uh, gaming situation. Seth, what have you been playing this week aside from Doom? Oh, uh, dude, so uh, I've been playing quite a bit. Uh, so I guess we'll just start from now and go back. Uh, I started Days Gone today. Nice. Great game. Um, I it's, I got past the first mission, and I, I've got serious problems with it so far. It's it's interesting concept. i got to play more. I don't like the way the people control or the motorcycle controls. Um. They're very floaty and non-responsive. I don't like that. And um, the story, the way it's narrated is really interesting. And it reminds me of Wonder Woman, the movie, because there's like very hard cuts yeah. in the in the, yeah. in the in the cutscenes and whatnot. And like it doesn't really make any sense sometimes. Um, other than that, I've been, yeah, just Doom... That, I was playing something else I really wanted to talk about, but I can't remember exactly what it was now. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll remember it later. Um, um, nope. I lost it. So <laughs> That's pretty much it. I, I, I played Overwatch a little bit. Uh, I was trying to get into like, a different genre, and, and I played that a little bit. And Yeah. It's just I've been kind of chilling. Nice. Nice. Yeah, chilling to the uh, lead up to, to Final Fantasy, I see. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I've been... Uh, I've been just waiting, man. I've been waiting for so long. So, so Well, by long. the time this episode comes out, that game will officially be released everywhere. Although it's already out some places, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I took off work that night. I took a vacation day that, that night so I can play it. Nice. Nice. Yep. So, uh, Elijah, what about you, man? Uh, there are three games I've been playing that I really dove into. Uh, first up, I put a review up today of Disaster Report 4. This game, I'll, I'll give a brief summary, is okay. Uh, it has It's a really cool concept, which is you're going into the city and there's an earthquake and essentially you're trying to get out of the city and you're going through, there's buildings on fire and people need help and you deal with a cult at one point and it, it goes to some strange places. Uh, the two endings of the game I did not see coming at all. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say two. There are two areas for the end of the game, but mm-hmm. all endings are very similar, which upset me. Uh, th- there's so many choices you can 
pick in the game to make sure, like, kind of build your character out. But in the end, it doesn't have any effect. When I first started up, I'm like, oh, this is a cool way of choosing the difficulty. Because it'll ask, if I were in this situation, I like to think I would be, and that gives you, like, 12 different choices of, I'd be calm and collected and do what I could. Or, I'd be freaking out and trying to understand the situation. Different stuff like that. I thought that was picking the difficulty. I don't think it was, because my second playthrough felt the exact same. And I chose something wildly different. Hmm. Um, it, it's a cool game, but it, it's kind of technically marred as well. I had moments of slowdown and freezing. And I even mentioned... I'm. I was afraid to see how it would run on Switch. Yeah. And then you shared that review with me where somebody said it's the worst Switch game performance-wise they've ever played. The uh, characters, there's... Besides the main characters and essential side characters, there's like 7 to 10 character models in the game. So if you're in an area with a whole bunch of people, you can see two of the same character model just standing around. <laughs> I've already gone, like, I was walking, I'm like, I was talking to people, oh, and people's names are great. Anybody who isn't a, like, main side character or main character, mm-hmm. the character will be named, like, guy who's late for work, and you go talk to him, and he's like, no, I'm never gonna get there on time, <laughs> and that's what he says, or there's woman out shopping, and she's like, do you think the stores are still open? It's like, What? What it? What is this? Oh boy! Yes, that's exactly what I'm thinking at a time like this. It's just those characters. Granted, they don't mean anything, but they had me scratching my head a lot. Like nobody would act like this in this situation. Nobody. Yeah. And it's just there is so much cool about the idea of that game, but there's so much wrong too. There's so much wasted potential in the game, and that's what bothers me the most. There's so much need about it that's not followed through upon. Yeah, you can choose to, like, play out how you want to use this character. Do you want to be, like, a nice person? Do you want to be mean? Do you just want to be the person who tries to get through barely? But it doesn't make any change. Sure, it's the character you're playing, but if that were to happen, there would be consequences, and there aren't any. But basically, this, like I said, wasted potential on this game. There's so much neat about it. So many cool ideas, cool topics, cool prospects. And it's all wasted. So it's kind of hard for me to recommend it. They did put out two free DLCs today, which I didn't even know about they were going to be doing. Which is weird that they never mentioned that. Hmm. But... I'll play them anyhow just to check them out, but ugh, that that game, it, so it broke my heart. Go check out Elijah's review um, if you want to search. I guess Frame Skip probably on YouTube, or you can go on our Twitter or Facebook and see it on, on see it on there. Uh, the link. Uh, the next game I want to talk about is I beat Resident Evil Three. This game, uh, if you go on reviews, it's very divisive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting everything from tens to sixes yeah then again resident evil 7 was the same way one of the big things about this game you're seeing everywhere is that it's short and granted my first playthrough was also like five and a half hours and i pretty much checked out everything 
but at the same time, these games are meant to be replayed over and over again. I beat it on standard difficulty. Now, after that, I went through on assisted, and after you beat it, you get BP, which you can then use to buy, like, bonuses. So, like, the first thing I bought was the unlimited ammo pistol. So then I went through on assisted difficulty with the unlimited ammo pistol, trying to finish it as fast as I can, and I went for the trophy where you use one or less healing the entire game. And it forces you to use a healing near the beginning of the game, so essentially play the game without healing yourself. Hmm. And I did that, and what I did was I took that pistol, because of unlimited ammo, and just shot everything. I killed every zombie in the game that I could. Mm-hmm. And then, because of killing so many with a pistol, it got me more BP at the end of that run. So you you do this to build up, you'll unlock different difficulties. I want to say it's hardcore, then nightmare, then insane, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to try and get the platinum. I absolutely love the game. One thing I kept seeing from people is the use of Nemesis. Yeah, I was How... curious to hear what you... He's very prominent near the beginning of the game and kind of fizzles out later. And that is true. Part of that is Nemesis is chasing Jill. So when you're not Jill, Nemesis won't be chasing you. It act it makes sense. Uh, and then later when you are Jill, he comes by occasionally. But because of the setting, it makes sense that he's not just randomly popping up. So, I can understand why people are saying that, but at the same time, the game makes it... Like, it's pretty clear in the game why that's happening. Um, does it feel... Like, when he appears, does it... Because I know another thing, not only that, another thing that was, was popping up frequently in reviews was the idea of it being kind of scripted anytime he came in. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, it, it is... Basically, certain moments, because it plays out almost like, oh, he's here now. This is almost like a mini-boss section. Like, you have to do certain things to get out. So, yeah, it is scripted. Uh, the, the first part kind of isn't, but then it gets scripted later on. But again, it kind of like makes sense story-wise in a way. Also, it's great playing this game for the first time and knowing the movies really well how incredibly different they made the one character. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I can understand why a lot of... different in that in the movies, but... Yeah, like, the one certain character, I'm like, oh. Uh, uh, okay. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> um, but the other game I really want to talk about, and this is probably the one that I'm most excited to talk about, mm -hmm. is Neo 2. I got Neo 2 kind of on a whim. I really liked the original Neo. I never beat it. But when I heard that this isn't a straight-up sequel, because you make your own character. In the first one, you played as a guy named William. In this one, you make your own character. And the character creation is awesome. You can get incredibly in-depth. And if you create a character, you can then essentially make it a code. And then someone else can put in that code, and it puts that character in for them. So, I started to create a character a little bit and i said no I, there's no way i'm going to create a character and be happy with what my character looks like and i put in a code and i'm playing as harley quinn as much as i love bloodborne this game is almost at bloodborne levels of gameplay 
It is so incredibly smooth. And anytime something like bad happens or I die, my first thought is that was my mistake. I didn't do that right. Which is something I didn't get a lot in Dark Souls. A lot of it was, oh, that was kind of cheap. And I love Dark Souls, but Neo 2 really has such a great gameplay balance in it. There are awesome weapons, but the main part that makes it so good is the multiplayer. Any problems the first one had with multiplayer is completely fixed with this. In you can just open what's called a Tory gate, which is essentially what lets multiplayer op- like opens a lobby. And like I created a lobby and set it to private so only friends could join in. And the other day, Fancy and Rev hopped on in and we just did like six missions. Because you could just hop on, run through a mission. Oh no, everybody died too many times. Come back to the, it comes back to the like mission screen. All right, we'll, we'll choose to do it again. Or if you beat that mission, it advances your story. And just, you can just keep advancing the story or doing side missions. It's such a good multiplayer system. It sounds a lot better than, because the only Souls-like game I've played is Bloodborne, and my biggest issue with that game was always the fact that you had to pay like that in-game currency just to do the multiplayer, and then yeah. the second you Th- move between you know areas or beat a boss, like you get disconnected bye and bye. have to join yeah. again. Yeah, like so. that. That's been a basic thing with the like Souls-like games, it, namely the from software games. The way Neo is done is so so good. And I didn't even realize this was the game I kind of wanted right now. But as soon as I put it in, I'm like, I'm going to play a little bit. I didn't want to stop. And I'm so glad to be back in that world. It uses a lot of the same systems from the first game where you have your spirit. It is is very Souls-like to the point where instead of a bonfire, you have the shrine, just like the first one. And everybody, like all the yokai come back. As soon as you like refresh at a shrine, but it is leaps and bounds better than any Dark Souls game, and like I said, it it is coming close to Bloodborne territory for me. Nice. Which Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time. Neo Two is just so incredible. I definitely want to play it at some point. So yeah, those are my three games. Uh, Seth, we're making a U turn to you. What's up? Uh, no, I just wanted to say real quick before we jump back to Coach that I remember the other game I was trying to talk about was uh, another game I've been playing mostly this week was uh, I picked up The Forest. Nice. Ooh, great game. Uh, yeah, so I started seeing this girl and um, she was playing it and um, <clears throat> she was like, well, why don't you pick it up and play with me? And I'm like, absolutely. So I spent the money and I bought it and I got to say, man, like I... I I'm really enjoying the force. Like it's, it's a great game. I mean, it's not, it's not super long. It's not super serious. You can kind of just jump in, build your base, fight off some mutants, and uh, yeah, I've been having a great time. It's it's. I will say though, it can get frustrating because it's one that it's rogue light. So yeah. like, if you don't have anything mm-hmm. to at your base, you're gonna lose it when you die. You can go pick up your backpack again, but it's pretty fun. I'm, I've been having a blast with it. I, I really recommend anybody checking it out. I don't, I don't think it would be as fun to play by yourself. It's but not. with with uh, with a bunch of people, man, and it's a it's a blast. I'm having a really good time with it. One of the best social games I think I've played in a long time. That's a great game. I'm really excited to play the sequel. 
Yeah, a couple, maybe two or three years ago, Elijah, myself, uh, Brandon, and Craig played a lot of it together for like not too long. It was like maybe a week, but uh, yeah. what we played, I really enjoyed. So, my favorite thing is there's a trophy on the console version called Dad of the Year because the whole prospect is your plane goes down, your son is missing. But there's a trophy called Dad of the Year, which is live on the island for 365 in-game days. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I what? just love that. Jeez. That's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of time, man. Yeah, it is. Man. Anyway. So. I'm done. That's all. Coach, aside from life, is there anything else you've been playing this week? <laughs> well, actually, um, I, I'm playing a game that's in a totally new genre that I've never played before. And um, and I'm so hooked on it. Like I am, I am, I'm so hooked. And it's um, it's so Tokyo Mir- Mirage Sessions. And what a what a fun game it is. You know, I mean, I don't mind. Like I enjoy RPGs. I'm not good at them, but I enjoy them, especially like Super Mario RPG, right? But the fact that it's in Tokyo. And the dungeons are in Tokyo. I just, the other night, like, I'm like, you know what? I was so tired, exhausted, burnt out from the stuff that we've been doing the last couple weeks that I, I tried it for about an hour and a half. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me go through this first dungeon. And I, I spent like six, seven hours on Saturday. Didn't do anything but that. And just played through it and and i don't usually sit through games you know maybe two or three hours max you know it's got to be a good game for me to sit through it for longer periods of time and um i'm at about 10 and a half hours and i'm about to start the second dungeon mm-hmm. so it's it's really good because it's like i i think i sent you a message it's kind of like 21 jump street right you have your base they're young kids and they're going out and they're, you know, defeating bad guys basically. So, um, and it plays really well. And it's not at a, I mean, I'm playing it on first grade level, but um, it's really good. Like, I really like the battle system and um, how they use the Fire Emblem characters for your battles is really good. So. But yeah, that's uh, what I've been playing. Coach, real quick, can you give me like a, a rundown of like the, the premise of the story? Yeah, there's these. Okay, so basically you're working for this one lady who's in, in the entertainment business, right? But then there's like this demon from another like dimension maybe? I don't know. And it's kind of taken over the city. So it takes over people and you got to go and you got to figure out how you're going to, you know, like right now, this, the, this really, this photographer, right? Who's well known, he's under the influence. So I'm about to go into the dungeon to defeat the mirage, which is the demon that is controlling this photographer who's basically a puppet. So... Because I, I was I was thinking about playing it. Obviously, I'm I'm a really big RPG fan, but the the setting kind of turned me off. It seemed like very uh, J-pop and K-pop 
focused. Well, the background music probably is, and I'm not a J-pop or K-pop fan or whatever, but I don't, the music doesn't distract me from being um, addicted to this, you know, okay. like okay. really getting to know the characters, like Breath of the Wild had me hooked, but it wasn't Link or it wasn't, I guess it was the, uh, the champions that I wanted to know more about. But like here, you want to know as much as possible about your main characters, you know? You're really going to love Persona 5 when you jump in. Like you're yeah. really going to like it. But and the reason why I didn't jump into that, because I, I had forgotten last week that I bought the Steelbook is because I'm like, well, before I jump into this mega game, let me try something that's in the arena, you know, like in mm -hmm. the kind of, because it's, uh, I guess this game is a crossover of Shin Megami Tensei and um, Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah, Fire Emblem. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so let me kind of get a gist of what it's about. And even the times when I'm not in battle, I'm having fun just talking to people and doing the little bit side quest, you know, that mm -hmm. doesn't really have anything to do with the overarching story, but man, it's got me hooked. Like, yeah, that, that's the beautiful thing about RPGs, man. They pull you into that world and you want to get as much of that as you possibly can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially Atlas RPGs. I mean, they're just, they're so freaking good. Um, and even just Atlas in general, man, like Catherine's yeah. the same exact way. Catherine, you just, you just want to learn everything about every character. You want to do all the stuff. Like, well, that's my so favorite thing about, point. and that's why I love JRPG so much is because the stories are just amazing. Like they always yeah. are. And yep. what's cool is like the actual cutscenes and stuff there. It's anime. Yeah. So it's not like the cutscenes in a video game. It's like actual anime, which is really cool. Like, I love the art of anime, and, um... I'm yeah. going to pick it up. I'm not playing any RPGs until after Final Fantasy VII, though. Like, I really wanted to get Persona 5 Royal, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not even going to try. Because as soon as Final Fantasy VII comes out, everything drops, so... And, you know, I figure, this is the only time right now, to the day I die, probably, or to <laughs> the day I retire, that I can play... And I'm not even considering Tokyo Mirage Sessions as a long RPG, because I... I think at most 40 hours. So it's not like your Xenoblade or it's not like your Persona, which is 80, 90, 100 hours, you know? Right. So once I finish this, I'm probably going to start attacking um, these bigger, meatier games that now I have time to. Or just deploy and then I'll have time to play, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So. Speaking of other Atlas games, um, I've only really been playing uh, one more game this week. I'm still playing Animal Crossing, of course, but I think that's expected at this point. Um, but I have been playing Persona 5 Royal, which um, as of last podcast, I think we talked about it maybe a little bit, but I said I wasn't getting it. or That was kind of the mindset I was in at the time. And then literally within 30 minutes of stopping the recording of that show, I... I purchased the game. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, I haven't played an Break RPG. I haven't played an RPG in like at least two years, like a full on just single player RPG. And I was just really craving something. And I mean, Persona 5 is just, I think it's the best 
RPG ever released, honestly. For me, I just love I that agree. world and I, I love that battle system and I love the art style. There's just I feel like that game is it's definitely one of my top top ten games of all time, maybe top five, yeah. but um it's just a phenomenal game. But anyway, after the show I was looking at reviews of it and I was like, wow, I didn't really realize they changed this much. Um and I encourage you guys to go kind of look at what they changed if you're interested, but I wasn't really keeping up with it at all. Um, I played five when it first came out and beat it like very quickly because I absolutely fell in love with it, but just wasn't really keeping up with Royal. And then I looked into it and I was like, well, dang, guess I got to get this game. <laughs> so <laughs> I bought it. I was gonna say, I know I asked you a few days ago, but I was wondering if your feelings had changed on whether it's worth buying for full price or waiting until the price goes down. So it's still hard for me to say. It's still hard for me to say because I think what I will tell you is based off the reviews, it seems like the biggest change is still at the end of the game, um, which is how it was in Golden as well. Basically what they've done is added on like a whole new semester. Um, or I don't know if it's a semester, but it's like a, a couple months or something like that at the end of the game. Um, and so that's... I want to say from what I was reading, a whole new like 15, 20 hours or so um, that was not in the original game. But obviously I'm not there yet. I've only played about eight hours, um, almost done with the, the first dungeon, the Kamoshida dungeon. Um, Kamoshida. But what I will tell you is that I am now getting into new stuff in the battle system and it's very interesting. So something I unlocked today was called uh, Disaster Shadows. And basically the way they work is they're like super difficult shadows, but they typically come, you know how in five, like you'll have like packs of shadows that you'll be fighting at one time. Like you right. might have like four or five guys on in one battle. Um, these disaster shadows are harder, but if you kill them, they like explode and like do damage to every other shadow around them. Oh. Um, and so that was very interesting and it's kind of unique. The other thing that they drastically changed was they give you the baton pass immediately. For all your characters. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and if you don't remember from, from 5, it was basically if you downed an enemy with their weak spot, you could baton pass to another one of your, your roster um, and just keep on going. But now it seems like kind of the goal is to keep on baton passing like as much as possible. Um, and I don't remember if this was the case in base 5, but when you baton pass now, like if you do all 4... Like, so if you baton pass all the way through your party and you just keep on hitting those weak spots, the last person, the fourth person, will be able to do a magic attack without using any MP, um, which is is pretty useful. So I don't know if... I can't remember if that was a thing in, in, in the base version, but... So I'm getting into the stuff that's, like, changed now, and I don't know that I can answer still whether it's worth the full price. Again, I think the answer I told you the other day was based off the reviews, yes, but... As of right now, it's still, I would say of, the, of what I've played, it's about 80, 85% the same as, as what it was. So not too much has changed in the first, you know, eight, nine hours. You know, what's funny is I remember, I, I think it was when I first met you guys, it was Persona 4 yep. Golden, right? Yep. Yeah, they all love Persona 4 Golden. Okay. And so I remember and I, I would see some of the videos and I'm just like, eh, stupid game, right? <laughs> I agree, coach. I agree. Oh no. Then then when five came out, I'm like, no way in hell. But then 
at the stupid Nintendo Direct when they announced Joker. I'm like, who's this dude, man? This dude is balling. So I think that's why I pre-ordered the new uh, Persona 5 because I saw Joker. I'm like, this dude is freaking awesome. Yeah, he is like, a cool character. Yeah, yeah I, like, I got the game because of Joker and just, you know, his movements and then just the whole art style. I'm like... Man, I, I still think the I art doing? style. I still think the art style Persona Five might be the most unique art style of any game I've ever played. Honestly, like, oh dude, and it proliferates through the whole game. Yeah. So like, even the menus and everything are just gorgeous. It's and so really, distinct. Really cool. oh, like God, it is man. so well designed. Yeah, yeah, man. Now, it, it is in my like 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 you said. I think the most well crafted JRPG in history. Now it's never going to get the recognition it deserves because it's newer. But maybe yeah. in twenty years we can look back and. Compare it to games like Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, but yeah. in my opinion, I think it's tit for tat better than those games. So four was that just a PSP or a PS Vita, or did it get on the PS2, and then they re- they did uh, like the, the it, golden version on Vita? It was basically the same treatment as five, so it had like the base version yeah. and oh, then the upgrade. Except it was uh, the original was so PS2, and then the upgrade. It never was released Vita. on the PS4. Nope. No, no. Nah. Nope. Hey, but you should play three instead. One of these days, I will go back and beat that game. Three is on what? PS2. Yeah. Yeah, that's my. That's that's. I like. I see. I'm like. It seems like whichever one you played first is the one you prefer. Like. Yeah. I played three first, and I don't like four because they're drastically different tones. Three three is a very depressing, dark game, where four is a is a lighter hearted like game more about friendship and the, the colors are brighter and whatnot i did not like four but i loved three and these guys didn't like three but they so liked if four. you were to play three right now today it's not like on the is it on the ps2 classics because you know you could get some ps2 no, games. it might PS4. be no not on ps4 now jeez um i no i didn't dislike three at all i loved three i just didn't i didn't get through it but what i will say is just on the topic of it I kind of forgot how depressing five can be at points. Oh yeah, just based off like the dark. first like Kamoshida, like some of the crap he does. It's like I really just want to destroy this guy. <laughs> Starts off on a banger note, yeah. man. A banger note. Yeah. So anyway, so we then, we better move on because we're like going right, way real over. Quick. Okay, real quick. So to play Persona Three, you have to break out your uh, and dust dust off your PS Two. Yes. Well, either that or you can get it digitally on PS3. You just cannot get it digitally on PS4. Oh, okay. So, All right. That, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, that's how I have it, is the digital version of 3. And how is it, though? Because not all the time, you know, like... No, it's fine. They're not ported good. Okay. No, all the, all the PS2 games on PS3 are fine. They're just... I don't really know how it works, to be honest. I think it's... I don't even know if it's emulation, but um, it, it runs well, so... Uh, but yeah, anyway, we better we better move on because we're like 42 minutes into the show and we have not gotten to the news. So let's do that. Um, Elijah, why don't you tell us about um, something that was cooking up on the Switch this week? Ha-ha. So in one of the strangest news articles I have ever read and have followed way too deeply, Cooking Mama released on the switch last week or this yeah last week 
on the eShop for a couple hours before it was taken down. Nobody knew why. And physical copies are very hard to come by, only being available from Target, GameStop, and even on Amazon, only third-party sellers had copies. Amazon itself didn't. And, in fact, one third-party seller appeared to have been made just to sell copies of the game. And no no reason for its disappearance. There were theories, such as it got taken down because of blockchain being introduced in the game, and all different stuff like that. Finally, it has been announced what has actually happened. From Screen Rant by Christopher... I'm sorry, to it on? <laughs> Cooking Mama Cookstar Switch eShop Controversy Explained. One developer has spoken up about the rumors surrounding Cooking Mama Cookstar. Cooking Mama Cookstar would have been the first game in the Cooking Mama franchise to appear on the Nintendo Switch. Now, the game has yet to reappear on the eShop, and according to one developer, it may not return at all. Recently, Screen Rant was contacted by a member of the Cooking Mama Cookstar development team who wanted to speak about the, co- the current controversy surrounding the game. The developer, which has remained anonymous, dismissed the rumors of cryptocurrency mining. Quote, The statement about cryptocurrency was all buzzwords. The head of Planet Entertainment knows very little about these things. He just put some fancy language to get potential investors who like that stuff. As for the crashes slash overheating, that would be because the game is made in Unity, by many people working on their first game. It's not the best product, but it made it through several vigorous reviews by Nintendo and Sony. There is no way crypto mining stuff could get through those tests. I doubt anyone at developer would even be able to make such a thing. The developer also revealed the real reason Cooking Mama Cookstar was pulled from the eShop, citing, quote, There is a legal battle between the publisher, Planet Entertainment, and the IP holder, OfficeCreate. According to the dev, this is because Planet Entertainment released the game against a request by OfficeCreate to keep polishing the game, or perhaps even canceling it. There was clearly a lack of communication, and the, describe, the behavior is described as pretty standard. Quote, at one point, the Japanese official create clients came to oversee development. An argument started, and the clients were told to go home if they weren't being constructive. Once they found out that Planet Entertainment released the game, they used their Nintendo contacts to pull it from the eShop and stop production of cartridges. Overall, everyone at 1P, that name, loves the Cooking Mama franchise and did their best to make the best product considering the interference from the higher-ups. I think the game is far from perfect, but would have done fine without the publisher's stumbling so consistently basically what is going on here (laughs) it's cooking mama this freaking situation is just absurd like i have never seen anything like this in the entire time that we've done this show first off all last week it was going around that this freaking game was running a cryptocurrency miner under it which i i still you know he's this developer is saying that wasn't true but like if I just don't know where that came from out of the blue if that wasn't true. So here, here's the thing. On the original leaked image for it, yeah. it mentioned like blockchain and <laughs> cryptocurrency. That's why everyone was like, what? And originally it was announced to be required to be always online. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty clear what happened here, gentlemen. The cooking mama got burnt. Yeah. She flew hey. too close. To the burner. But, but this is crazy. She couldn't handle like, the heat and had to leave the kitchen. So what were you saying about crypto? It was... So it was... supposedly, this guy's saying it's not true. 
who and he's a dev on the game, and I kind of agree with him because I don't know how this would pass QA at either Sony or Nintendo. Yeah, and he said there's no way it would. But essentially, there was a rumor going around that the reason this game was pulled partially was because it was mining for cryptocurrency while you were playing the game. But the Switch is not... Like, you have to have such a yeah. beefy system to do I was that. actually reading somebody saying, you could technically even mine for cryptocurrency on 3DS. It would be just because of how unpowerful it is. It would be such a minute amount. It would never, ever amount to even remotely anything. But if you had a million of them true. mining, yeah. that's the thing. You know? Very true. That's the big thing. And that's like how, just a topical example, but folding at home is a thing that Stanford University uses. And basically, yep. you can donate your computer power to give them computer power. And they're doing that right now with the coronavirus. And they have officially surpassed the fastest supercomputer in the world from like community computing power. And it would basically be the same idea. At the end of the day, though, I kind of agree with this guy. I have a feeling that wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, there's no way it would have gone I through. just don't know how that would have passed. But that aside, even even then, the whole, like, IP battle for Cooking Mama is, like, a little... <laughs> and <know? laughs> the, the fact that there's, like, possible suing involved... Yeah. Legal matters. Yeah, like, at one point, at the very bottom of the article... As I understand, Planet Entertainment is suing Office Create, having it removed for money lost. It's hard to say if it will ever be released properly. If there's a lawsuit involved, that game is not coming out. With Cooking Mama, of all games. Yeah. So here's the interesting thing is, is Andy bought the game because she like always wanted Cooking Mama or something. And it was like on sale and she was just curious about it. And she played a lot of the phone version. Um, but actually the day it came out on Target, it was already on sale for $30 instead of 40 the day it came out, which already was strange. But she bought it, and I've been watching her play it, and it looks perfectly fine. Like, it looks like a normal Cookie Mama game. <laughs> There's nothing, like, I don't really see anywhere where it would be like, yeah, this needs more polish, because it just looks like another Cookie Mama game. Um, so weird. So it's just bizarre that they're, like, going berserk over, you know, this IP over something that, at least from a consumer standpoint, like, it just looks like a normal game to me. Like, it looks like another Cooking Mama game. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't... I, I don't know. I don't... I've never... I've never seen this before. Yeah. It's an interesting story, for sure. So, speaking of interesting, uh, a game that is releasing is Final Fantasy VII. Why don't you tell us about uh, that early <laughs> release? Uh, yeah, so, because of the whole coronavirus... Um, Last week, I want to talk about this last week, unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Uh, last week, Square Enix posted a thing saying they were breaking the street date on Final Fantasy VII in certain parts of the world, and they were releasing it early and pleaded with fans not to spoil the game. And um, at like as early as like 14 days before the game released, people were finding Final Fantasy VII in uh, Australian like Walmarts and stuff like that, and they were having a deluxe edition. And they've been playing it. Um, and I think this is so strange to me. Uh, I get it. Um, I get why they did it. But it, I've never seen this happen before, ever, in the video game industry. And it, it's especially with Square Enix, a developer that's so locked down on everything, to just be all loosey-goosey and be like, eh, 
sell the game, whatever. But they, the weird thing was is they didn't they didn't unlock it in the United States. So I don't know if they well, didn't trust us not well, to spoil the game, but they did no, threaten legal action. Um, it's not against... unlocked on like PlayStation Store and other territories or anything. No, it's, it's not... not unlocked digitally anywhere. No. Yeah, they just they just allowed retailers to sell it. I thought um, they weren't allowing retailers yet. It was mainly like no. certain shipments and that. No, it's you can you can go into like a Walmart in Australia and and purchase the game. Hmm. Um, I haven't. Okay. Yeah, it's true, and um, that's the thing. It's like you would imagine spoilers be running rampant. I I have not seen any spoilers for the game, which is awesome. I, I think people are doing pretty well with that. I'm sure they're out there if you really like search for them, but it hasn't like blown up over my Twitter feed. Um, but also, Square Enix threatened legal action if you spoiled the game before the release yep. date. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but this was like a, a weird situation to me because it's one of those very few times where it doesn't pay to pre-order the game digitally. You know, unless you're in the United States, it doesn't really matter um, because GameStop can't can't be open at 9 p.m. anyway. But it didn't pre- it didn't pay off to pre-order the game digitally. Like if you were in Australia. And you had the game pre-ordered digitally, and you didn't want to spend another sixty bucks. You had to wait another two weeks in order to get the game. So it's just it's just, it's just a really weird, interesting situation that that was notable to bring up because it is one of the biggest games in the last two decades to come out. So mm-hmm. just interesting, just a cool little tidbit of information. Can't wait for mine to get here tomorrow. I'm so excited. Yeah, uh, we are T minus three days away. I have off work for four days, and I am more excited than I can possibly explain. What what's the gameplay length for at least the first part? Um, uh, I've been seeing because a lot of my friends on Twitter have it and have played through it, and I've been seeing anywhere from thirty five to sixty hours, depending on wow, yeah, yep. uh, which is awesome bad. because yeah. you know that, that that was what we were worried about was that there was to be the first situation. I mean, that wasn't what I was worried about. I knew exactly what they were doing oh, because yeah. that's what they said they were going to do. They were going to make standalone games. But people are still being really, really dumb about it. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I, yeah, but to answer your question, Austin, I'm gonna try and beat it in those four days. I'm gonna try and play it right through. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of energy drinks. I'm not gonna sleep, and I'm just gonna try and. It's gonna be a pain because this girl I'm seeing now wants to wants to hang out this weekend. I think so. I'm gonna have to be like, uh, I guess. <laughs> like you, you understand, this is a big this is a big deal, right? <laughs> but yeah, um, this is the first game I've been really, really excited for in a long time. I mean, I like, I can't remember the last time I've been really just, just at the edge of my seat waiting for a game to release. And, and of course, like I told you guys, I did pre-order it digitally because I didn't know when I was going to be able to find my physical deluxe copy, which is supposed to be coming to GameStop. But of course, woe is GameStop and, 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 and their troubles right now. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Nice. It's going to be so good. Yep, I want to play it at some point. Um, I do want to play the original first, but one of these days Same. I'll, I'll pick up the remake. So, um, I the original soundtrack, the entirety of my workday today. Nice, nice. It does have a really good soundtrack. Um, but anyway, Coach, why don't you tell us about a game that has been delayed? All right, this was right after we did our podcast too, yeah. like a couple of days, wasn't it? Okay, so. Um, I'm going to read to you what Sony put out, okay? Um, Actually, no, this is by Naughty Dog, okay? So it says, as you've likely just seen, the release of The Last of Us Part Two has been delayed. 
We're sure this news is just as disappointing to you as it is to us. We wanted to reach out to all of you in our community to give you a little more information. The good news is we're nearly done with development of The Last of Us Part Two. We are all in the midst of fixing our final bugs. However, even with us finishing the game, we were faced with the reality that due to logistics beyond our control, we couldn't launch The Last of Us Part Two to our satisfaction. We want to make sure everyone gets to play The Last of Us Part Two around the same time. Ensuring that we're doing everything possible to preserve the best experience for everyone. This meant delaying the game until such a time where we can solve those logistic issues. We were bummed about this decision, but it ultimately, but ultimately understood it's what's best and fair to all of our players. We're hoping that this won't be a delay, a long delay, and we'll update you as soon as we have new information to share. We wish you all your families, and your friends the best of health. Thank you for being amazing fans and your continued support. Stay safe. Then Neil Druckmann came on and his quick, he put out a quick tweet. He said, extremely sad to deliver this news to y'all. Ultimately, the situation is out of our control. We hope you understand. Stay safe out there. So very interesting. Um, so from what I understand, the game did go gold, and it's ready. It's ready to be. It's like pretty much done. Uh, release it digitally. That's what I said. I, I don't know about gold. I didn't hear it went gold, but see, that's what that's what Colin said on his podcast today is that the game is done. Um, it sounded very close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. About I don't gold. I don't think a major game like that will ever release just digitally first. Just do it because just they do don't. It. They don't want to upset all their retail partners. Do it. So that'll never happen. Other, other people were saying that. Other people were saying that too, and it just it won't happen for that sheer reason. I don't care. Release it digitally. Do it. Um, Master Jedi. I I get why they did it. At least assuming that this was. I, so there's a few theories. There, there's a few theories going around. We talked a little bit before the show about. How it was potentially because of the topic of the game, which I could I could see that. The other argument against that would be they also Sony also delayed Iron Man VR at the same time, like it was included in the same announcement, which was interesting. But um, I could see that being the case. What I could also see being the case is essentially what we're seeing with with Hollywood, where they're just worried it's not going to sell, or they're worried uh, people aren't going to be able to get copies or whatever it may be. And I could see both sides. Um, for me, at least what I will say is that I don't really know that I would want to play a game of this kind of topic right now, just on a personal level. I don't really know that I really want to play like a super depressing game at the moment. Um, that's just me. I was Um, actually thinking the same thing. I know there are plenty of other people that, you know, it doesn't really bother them. And I don't know that it would bother me. I just know that, you know, I'm playing games like Persona and Animal Crossing and not that Persona's lighthearted, but it's not like tearing people's guts out and, <laughs> you know, smashing heads in. Like, I, you know, it's part of why I didn't buy Doom right now either. Like, it's just, I need something a little more light, I guess, considering what's going on in the world. But that's just me. I think one thing that helped 
is with the same situation with Resident Evil 3. The main reason I was more okay with that is that is a very arcadey kind of dark. Hmm. Like the fact that after a couple more playthroughs, I'm going to be running around with an infinite ammo rocket launcher. Yeah. Just like I can, I'll see a zombie in front of me and be like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> and like it, it's just such an arcadey type of dark that's like I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking that I'm like I don't really know if I want to play The Last of Us right now, and I'm super excited about this game. Yeah, I play The Last of Us, no problem. Yeah, I mean I'm not saying I. I mean I have a feeling if it came out still, I'd still get it. Like I, I'm Same. not going to sit here and say that like if Last of Us came out next month, I wouldn't buy it because <laughs> I probably would. But um, indefinitely, indefinitely is uh, is a rough word though. Uh, di- I don't know if you guys saw, but Dying Light Two also got delayed indefinitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is and, like, and uh, I was gonna say too, just because I think it wasn't in that article Coach was reading, but as of I think it was yesterday, so Monday, um, Sony delisted Last of Us Two completely off the PlayStation Store and refunded all the pre-orders. Yeah, they did it for that and Iron Man. Yeah. So. Yeah, no so, one cares about Iron Man. Though. <clears throat> Back during the time of, I knew there was a movie that was um, delayed because of 9 11. Yeah. And that was Collateral Damage, Arnold Schwarzenegger's movie. Yeah. So, you know, people will do that. So, but I don't know. I mean, like, uh, Elijah, did you buy the the Mega Collector's Edition for this game? No, I did not. Okay. Well, I'm sure some people did, right? Oh, a lot of people did. Right, it's probably about what five, six hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, so I'm say it's like two hundred and fifty, and it was selling out instantly. Yeah. Right. So if they're not going to ship physical copies, those people wouldn't get it. So if they wanted to play the game, not knowing that they're going to get their game in one, two, three months or whatever, they would have to get the digital version. So now they're adding sixty bucks to their total. So. I could see that point of view of what they're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Because Elijah was in that situation. Um, With Resident Evil. Three. Three. Because, yeah, right. I have my collector's edition on pre-order, and I spent an extra 60 bucks in order to be able to play it the day it came out. And I think that's what Naughty Dog and Sony don't want to do. It, so They don't want to be as... If you were, say, you were going to buy it retail from Best Buy... And now all of a sudden you can't, so I guess I'll just buy it digital. So Best Buy well, loses sale out of that. Well, you still can't buy it Best Buy, but yeah, I well, know what you're saying. N- no, but like, yeah, say, okay, say I was going to get from, all the stores closed out, I was going to get from GameStop. And now I can't, so I'll just get it digitally, because that's the only way I can get it. That's a sale GameStop is losing. They don't yeah. want to anger their retail partners. Yeah, I don't know. What are they, they going to do? What's, what's, what, 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 what bargaining power do GameStop, Best Buy, and Walmart yeah. really have at that point? It's like we won't sell oh, your oh, consoles we, anymore. Yeah, you're not gonna sell our consoles anymore. Sony's like, okay. I just, what's up, Amazon? I think there's a lot of potential problems. Amazon think, would be in the same situation though. They, if they no, can't sell the games, chance. Whoa, 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 you, whoa, you think whoa. you think these guys would stop selling consoles completely? They've done it they already. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, but like, if they eventually came back. There's yeah. no, there's no, not, not a chance. All PlayStation, con, all PlayStation fours and PlayStation branded games. It was that, like several yeah. years. It was like two or three years at least. Yeah, that, it, that was like a contract dispute between Amazon and PlayStation, though. No, oh. that it, it was because Amazon still had the discount on games. Because remember, there, I do remember that now because there were games that you couldn't get on Amazon. 
Yep. Yeah. I, I that's why I'm saying that now. You said Amazon wouldn't do that, and I'm saying they already did, so they would do yeah, it. Yeah, but not everyone would do that. It's like, so do so would just sell it directly then. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't see that coming. I, I don't see that happening. Like, an all digital future is coming, and it's coming fast. And I just no, don't think not that, fast. like, it's... I think it's coming fast. I think it's coming fast. And um, eventually, like, these guys are just going to be like, well, you, you, can, you can either not sell our console, or you can sell our console and make money off of it. But, like, you're the only person losing in the end is you. That's it. The the other thing, and I don't know if they were thinking about this, but obviously right now everyone's concerned about bandwidth. Um, a game of that size, I'm assuming it's at least 60, 70 gigabytes based off what we've seen. They might have been worried just about like the sheer amount of bandwidth that would take up so many people downloading that game in, in a single day. But And with them having lessened their download rate? Yeah. I mean, I, I, nobody really knows the real answer as to, yeah. to why they did this, but... Once again, uh, you got to have a download rate worthy of lessening in order to lessen it. Look, it took me three full entire days to download Battlefront 2 when I was in Saudi Arabia. So I'll, I'll take any slow speed here over what I had over there. Yeah. If it takes six hours, hey, it's okay. Well, I think at the end of the day, this will probably come out. This will be like a November game. It'll probably be like some you know big fall game, and I'm okay with yeah. that. Me too. And that's the best time to do it. If you want to destroy the competition, because I guarantee you this game will destroy Halo Infinite. And you know, honestly, if if this delay means that we're going to get like the PS5 version immediately, you know, that's kind of awesome too. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't know. I don't really like The Last of Us to begin with, so it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. um, It's definitely not my favorite Naughty Dog game, but I still love it, so. I mean, it was fine. I just thought it was like a little overrated. Like the the, the story wasn't really there for me. I was like, okay, yeah. Well, well, at the time, Naughty Dog was riding pretty high. Yeah, I mean, Naughty Dog's obviously the best developer in the industry. It's like yeah. very cut and clear. I've never seen like a brutal beatdown of other developers. Like I've seen the last decade from Naughty. I Dog. would compare them with, or I would put them up against CD Projekt Red. I mean, CD Projekt, like so. CD, CD Projekt Red's Red, a great developer, great. but they've had they've had one banger game, right? One. Yeah, but they've had good DLC to go with it too. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. But just because they haven't been in as long as Naughty Dog, that doesn't mean, you know, but anyway. We'll see. Their their game comes out some point this year too. So Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how those two titles do, you know. I know one's on just one system and and um the other one's gonna be on three systems, Multiple. so we'll see. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. There are so many good games coming out this year. It's it's just crazy. Like we just got Doom, we just got Persona Five, Final Fantasy is coming. We got Animal Crossing. Uh, we have Last of Us Two. We have um, Cyberpunk. There's just so many games releasing. Also, Tsushima. Yep, Tsushima. Can't wait for that. Um, Asian Fried Rice. You remember when they first announced that? I was skeptical for a while. Well, it looked too good for PS4. I remember that. Yeah. And yeah. it still kind of does. So, <laughs> uh, Speaking of PS4, though, we have some news today about the PS5. No, it's not the console. It's the controller, which they finally showed off today. It's called the DualSense. Um, if you haven't seen any pictures of it, I encourage you to go look. But... Um, I can sense me getting turned on by looking at this controller. Wow, wow. That's pretty... Oh. 
I love the memes already, and there's a <laughs> lot of them out there. Oh yes, there are. Um, just for for some detail, though, it at least based off the picture, it seems to be a little more bulky. Looks a little more akin to, to the Xbox controller, which I think is a smart decision. I think that's the good way to go. Um, they said it does have haptics now, so like the triggers are going to be pretty similar to the Xbox One controller triggers. Um, they said there's a microphone built into the controller, which I don't really care about, but interesting. Um, and again, yeah, I mean, it just seems to be bigger, and it's also like white and black, which is pretty mm -hmm. neat. Interesting, yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be obviously different colors that come out yeah. as well, you know. So, but if you look at it, it doesn't look like the buttons are protruding above the case. It, it looks different, though. See, I think I know why. So I think they are protruding above the case, but the reason I don't think it looks that way is if you notice, the buttons don't have colors on them. And mm. that kind of messed with my eyes at first. Because, like, you can see it still has, like, the X, was it, cross, circle, triangle, oh, yeah, and square. But they don't have any color. Hmm. So it really messes with my eyes when compared to looking at any other controller in existence. You know what I'm well, also they, noticing? They do oh, go ahead, Coach. No, I was just saying, they do have one that looks like a side, like it's flat, and it still looks like those buttons are really, it's not, it's not going above that case, but, I mean, we got to Dude, I, I, like, listen, I know, you, I know, uh, I think you and Austin were both down the controller. I think it looks awesome. I think, I love I'm, the look of this controller. I'm not down on it, at, per se, I'm, I'm curious. I... I'm curious to see how the sticks work in a more bulky format. I think um, they work. I, I like the DualShock 4 a lot. I just think it, the build quality is awful. Yeah. And the uh, the battery life is complete garbage. So, if see, that, I haven't had one fail on me yet, though. I've had two fail on me. And, I, you know, Brandon, a friend of the show, I think he said he's had like five or six. So fancy, fancy. It's, uh, so and I know a lot of people that have had the same experience. It looks better than the Steam controller. I'll give it that. Um, I, think, I definitely I think... get the black one over the white one. And I hope... You remember how a lot of games, after they did the first... Or that major update after the, um, the, the PS5 was released, or the PS4 was released, that you could now use the PS4 controller on PS3 games. Oh, yeah. So I yeah, hope okay. that they do this for the PS4 as well, because I'll buy it because I'm all about controllers. I think I I'm am, almost positive that's what they did because that's what a touchpad is on. I, like, I can't imagine a touchpad yeah. would be on the, on the controller if it wasn't backwards compatible with PS4. Um, I was going to say quick, that black one coach is a Photoshop, so that's not something Sony's confirmed. But, yeah. Oh, it isn't? No. no. But uh, I like the white and black. I think it looks really interesting. Um, what I will say is I don't know how to feel about the light bar still being there. Um, I hope there's a way to turn it off because I think, from my understanding, that's kind of what kills the battery on the DualShock 4. Yeah. Um, I think you're probably right, Seth, as far as the, the, the touchpad goes. For one thing, we know the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible uh, with PS4 yeah. games, so I guess it still has to have that in some sense. But I... Uh, I don't really know how to feel about it. I'm not a fan of the touchpad. I think it's just a lot of room for nothing. I feel like a lot of games just two and a half don't use games it. that used it. Yeah, yeah, two and a half games used it. It's like it's like the back touchpad on the Vita, which like little deviants and Uncharted used, and that was it. Like, I just... <clears throat> like 
I feel the same way about the touchpad, but at the same time, if it wasn't there, it would just be controller that would never be used or touched anyhow. So it at least gives us an extra yeah. button. I mean, I agree with that, but at the same time, it's also raising the price. I mean, if they didn't have that functionality in it, you know, it would potentially be cheaper. I'm assuming this is probably going to be a $65, $70 controller again. So It'll still be cheaper than Switch controllers. I... Can't yeah. wait to get this controller in my hands and rub it all over my body and no. just okay. sniff it. Yeah, I think the package and sniff it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Throw up. I think ergonomically it's going to be awesome though. I think yeah, the I shape agree. of it looks great. I think they made the really smart decision to kind of replicate the Xbox controller. What I will say, the idea of putting a microphone into the controller, awful, terrible yeah. idea. Don't know why they did that. So you can talk to it. Yeah, but how is that going to work when you have buttons right next to so the microphone? So you can blow in it like the DS. Remember some of the games use that functionality? <laughs> I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think what's, how it's going to work is like Alexa. I think it's going to be like PlayStation. Sort yeah. of like Microsoft's like, uh, hey, Xbox. Xbox on. Well, yeah, well, stupid well, think about it. You can already do that with PS4s if you have a headset. You can be like, PlayStation, start Resident Evil 3. Yeah, but now you don't even need the headset. You just make, exactly. Hey. You can call your PlayStation like, hey, dumb face, you know, I, turn, turn on. I get that, but I will say this article from PlayStation does say it, it, it will, quote, enable players to easily chat with friends without a headset. So you so, can hear your friends talking in your microphone as you're talking in your microphone and the reverberations are coming through your TV <laughs> back yeah, into your microphone. Yeah, if you're a nerd and don't plug headphones into it. I just think, I, it's not even that that I'm worried about, it's just the idea, and I agree if it's like the Alexa type stuff, like that's fine, but if it's I mean, the, if you're sitting there like playing a game and you're trying to talk on this thing, there is no way this controller is no, going to be able to no remove way. all the button tapping sounds out of your yeah, mic. That's true. That's true. Just give me all the features in it, though, man. Like, like I'm cool with it. Like, put put as pack as much crap as you want. That let it read my social security number. I'm fine. So, I just hope that the reason why I like the DualShock Four so much is they spaced out the the analog sticks. Yeah. And I hope that they keep it in the same position. That's all I'm hoping for. Dude, this controller looks so comfortable, man. It's got the curved edges. Yeah. It's, it's sleek. It's sexy. But you sexy. can't tell until you have it in your hands. I can imagine it in my head, coach. I'm, I can imagine right. me getting naked and just rubbing no. it all over my stop, body. Stop, stop, With salsa. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I literally threw up that night. Yeah. That's the, trigger. That's the trigger word for coach is salsa. Get some chocolate syrup and... Spray it all over the yeah. buttons and lick it off. Yeah, then you can have that black black version of the controller with that <laughs> chocolate syrup. But um, I think it looks cool. I, I'm curious to see if the dual sense thing comes into play at all because I know there was that leak about potentially it like taking your heart rate or something of that sort. And obviously, they didn't talk about that at all in this this unveil. But yeah. um, curious. Let it, take my, let it take my blood type. Let it. Yeah. Let it. Uh, my eye color. Yeah. Cholesterol level. Yeah, let's we'll, we'll take a look diabetes. Yep. Social so, security number. Yep, social security number, phone number, mother's maiden name. <laughs> By the time it releases, there'll be probably Birth about 100,000 videos on this. I can't wait. Yeah. But, Although I do, I do think this confirms the white and black V-shaped PS5. I agree. Because it looks just like And I hope so. Like I like it. that shape, man. I do too. I think it's neat. Yeah. I and they're probably, I mean, like, they need air, right? I mean. Yeah, people are tripping. Yeah, because yeah. it's the internet and just people want to complain. 
They do. Speaking they of really complaints, do. Fancy had a really big. He 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 let it loose on this controller <laughs> on on uh, on Twitter. So go find that. That that was a good one. Yeah, very very good rant on his part. So yes. Anyway, uh, one last thing before we end the show, we have a question from a good friend of mine, Brandon Drick, who says, "Who's the thickest Mario character?" Mario. Of course. He's thick in all the right ways. He's got that. He's got the, that. That. It's either that Mario or dog. Wario. I feel like Wario is pretty good too. I gotta go with Bowser. Yeah. Which which Bowser? Sixty four Bowser. Mm, yeah. Okay. Donkey Kong's up there too. Funky Kong, baby. Now, are we talking about thick as in female thick, or just like a thick character? Both. My answer remains Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> Who said Bowser wasn't a female? It's like the it's like yeah. Godzilla when Bow- the uh, in the, the ninety eight Godzilla when Godzilla was a female and had all those babies in New York. You remember that? Yep. I don't I love that movie. And I'm, it's I'm so erasing bad. that from my mind now. So. Oh, I absolutely love that movie. It is terrible. <laughs> One of my well, favorite not, actors is in it. I mean, it's not terrible. It's a oh, good man. action movie. It's just not Godzilla. No, but. In the end, when you went and watched it, you had fun. So, uh, little fun fact about me growing up: I used to have nightmares about the Godzilla babies getting in the house and trying to eat me. <laughs> and it was wow! Cool. He laid all the eggs in Madison Square Garden. Okay, I'm gonna leave you guys with a with a hot one. I used to have a recurring dream about, you know, like the the tunnels at Chuck E. Cheese. No. You don't? Tunnels. Like, yeah, like the play tunnels, like the little plastic I, ones. Oh, oh yeah, 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 with the I've balls never, and all that I've crap. never been to a Chuck E. Cheese. Well, not just a Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, there's plenty of other places that have them. I used to have a recurring dream that I was, like, crawling around in those. When I was, like, maybe five or six, and, like, Bowser was chasing me and trying to, like, light me on fire inside those little play tunnels when I was a kid. So that was my dream. Well, you did say a hot one. Yeah. You know, I got pretty close. My house did burn down, but it wasn't from Bowser, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget when I think it was Rochelle posted a photo of she called her Sims house on fire and you just commented in all caps too soon. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, we'll end it there before we light the show on fire, like my house. And um, yeah, so don't forget you can find Frameskip every week on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and basically anywhere else you want to listen to the show if you have a different um, podcast service of your choice. We're probably on it, so just search Frameskip. Uh, you're listening to us somehow, I suppose, so you've probably found us. Um, if you are listening on a platform that allows you to leave a review for the show, please do so. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Do it on Apple Podcasts. I know you can do it on there. And I think Stitcher and TuneIn as well. So uh, if you want to send us any questions, write us an email at frameskippodcast at gmail.com. Or you can do the same at frameskippod on Twitter or facebook.com slash frameskippod. You can also send those questions there. Uh, Twitter tag Seth is at Seth S. Taylor on Twitter. Coach is at 32bitprofessor. Elijah's at Loco Lizard Man, and I'm at Austin J. Eller. And I think that's about it. So until episode seven, get ready Long for that. Live Mario Kart Wii 140. Mayonnaise is a legitimate pizza topping. Yeah, right. Along with pineapple.
Pineapple and mayonnaise and pickles.